Hey folks, Mark Reed here, one of the pastors at Open House Community Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the Open House Podcast. We're a church inviting people to belong and believe in the person of Jesus. Be transformed to become more like him and be a part of building the kingdom of God here in the city of Bristol. If you're dropping in for the first time, do get in touch through our website, openhousecc.co.uk or drop us a follow on our Instagram at openhouse.cc. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. That was great. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting time of worship. It was quite, it was quite interesting. It's like, what's going on? Um, yeah, so um, tonight in a bit, we've got April coming up to speak. Um, and she's going to be looking at identity <coughs> and the fact we're made in... No, I'm not going to give it away. Oh, yes. Brilliant. Well done. Um, I'll let Apes do it, but we're going to be talking about identity tonight, of course. Um, and we'll come back to worship after, and we'll do some like time where we actually get praying for each other after, and just like go for it. So do be pondering while you're here, like, oh, if you've got something for a t- particular person, and when you go and like, go for it. Um, and then everyone here is living with the deal that like we're all aware that if someone brings you something, you, you're weighing it, and it's not like that's that, it's set in stone, but you're weighing it, so it takes the pressure off the person giving it in the sense of like they know <coughs> you're actually going to pray and consider what they've said, and um, at the same time, let's go for it, I believe. Um, so that's really good. Um, just started to say it out loud, um, next Wednesday, we're in the cathedral. That's what I mean by next, not this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it the 26th? Yeah, the 26th, we have a worship night in the cathedral in the centre. So it's a bit more of a like a, it's almost like a, not a normal hub week. It's like, be there. Like, it's very rare we get the opportunity to do that. You can remember. Jesus, through you. Uh, <laughs> opening that little door there, big door. Um, <laughs> just walking through those wooden oak doors. Great. Um, straight past the golden eagle. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's going to be a really special time. And um, it'd be really nice to just be there. And again, it's like another place where it's like a different form of like faith of how they do it a little bit, actually. It's the same faith, but a different form of it. And I, I really like that. Just going somewhere and, um, and seeing that, that more traditional side, which is amazing. Um, so that's that, and then we've got normal, uh, well no, we haven't got normal hubs this week, actually it's slightly different, there's a worship hub going on uh, for those that are doing some training in worship, and then there is still a prayer ministry hub at the manse at Minor Maples Place where we're still going to keep going over prayer ministry, um, and we might look into, um, well no, we are looking into our authority as believers in prayer ministry, um, which is great. So that's that. Hey, so I think you're up. I think I'm tagging you in. Woo! Oh, you're bringing it over. How are you feeling about this one, Apes? I think it's going to be a big week for you. <laughs> Answering emails. No. Um, yeah, God, thank you so much for April. Uh, thank you um, that I know this is really dear to her heart, actually. And thank you that she's going to share from that, share from your word. And I just pray you would enable us to hear what each of us are meant to hear in this time, Lord God. While April's speaking, give us words for each other as well, Lord God, as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, how you doing? You're doing okay. This is a huge topic, and we're in. We're start using this, or starting with this, as part of our discipleship series because it's ultimately foundational to everything. Like, if you haven't got this, I mean, you'll you'll see what I'm saying as we go through. So, yeah, as Steve said, we're going to be talking about identity tonight. And here's here's the sort of phrase that I've just had in my life forever. And it's, if you don't know who he is, then you don't know who you, who you are, and then you don't know what to do. It's real simple. If you don't know who he is, you don't know who you are, and then you don't know what to do. <laughs> See, it's super simple, but also mind-blowing. So you see, as we discover God, we discover who we are. Everything about him informs everything about me, which in turn affects all my behaviors, all my thinking and responses. So this evening, we're going to be looking at the first creation and the second creation to sort of just figure out what does the Bible actually say about who we are and how, you know, who God is, who we are, how we live. You get me? We're not going to be looking at third creation, which, you know, you guys know a bit about, but we'll get there one day. Right, so let's do this. Genesis, we're diving in deep. Ultimately, I'm not going to read it to you because it's quite lengthy. Sorry. But there is basically one verse that just has so much weight to it. There's so much in it, and it's basically this. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. That's it. That's all it is. And it's a fascinating verse for so many reasons. So we're made to be like him. Like who? Actually, all three. <laughs> That's so interesting, isn't it? We often think, oh, we're made to be like God, and we just say God. But actually, we're made to be like Father, Son, and Spirit. That's really interesting, because they're three different characteristics. You see them working in different ways, and we are to reflect all of them, all three. So what is interesting about the fact that we are made in the image of a person who is three persons in one? What do we take from that? Basically, God is in perfect communion with himself. He is in community with himself. So what do I take from that? I take that we are made in that image, therefore I am made for community. Because that's who he is. Like, it's literally the three of them are, like, hanging out. And they're up there. And they're like, guys, shall we make, shall we make them? Shall we make them to look like us? And, and the, you know, the spirit's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. And the son's like, yeah, sure, dad, that's great. He is in a community. He is a micro community that we are created through. And we are to reflect that in that we are made for each other. If you ever come across a Christian who says, oh, no, church ain't for me, they are so wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Like, literally, it is against their God-given design. They are made in the image of a three-in-one God who is in perfect community with himself. Communion, common unity. You know? So that's the first thing I take from that verse is that you and I, we're made to be together. We're made to be the church. We're made to be one. I love it. Ephesians 2 says this. 
Jesus has created in himself one new man, reconciling us to God in one body. We are created for community. We are created to be one. What else have I got here? We can see our design in relation to community as, as the text goes on further. The whole story states, and it was good. So as you read the creation story, it says so many times, and it was good, and it was good, this was great, this was lovely, this was buzzing. And then it gets to the part where God's like, ah, oh, but man is alone. And this is the first time he says, this is not good. So again, we have this evidence here that we are, we are, we, we are made for each other. Okay, we must be in each other's lives. It's like part of our like basic functionality is that we need each other. Um, and here's something really fascinating. It says that he will make a helper fit for him. And obviously for women, sometimes that feels like, oh, we're substandard or we're like second class, second made or whatever it is. But actually the... As we know, I know a lot of you will know this already, that the name that is given for helper is the same name given for the Holy Spirit. And further still, in some translations, it says helpmate. Now, this name, helpmate, is used 13 times elsewhere in Scripture with specific reference to God's relationship to Israel. Isn't that amazing? Women, we are honored with his name. We are not second class. He has honored us with his name, with specific reference to the way he loves his people, to the way he desires them, to the way he cares. That is amazing, isn't it? I love that so much. And then just a little personal story. Here's, here's a little personal story about how important this stuff is and how it can be so transformational. When Steve and I first got married, Steve, can you get me some water? Thanks. Um, <laughs> when Steve and I first got married, um, I was actually quite insecure. And like, you know, everyone's a bit insecure, aren't they? You know, and whatever. But I was quite insecure, particularly about the way I looked. And it's embarrassing to say that, but it's true. It was, ha it was where I was at. I was insecure about my body, about the way I looked, like... Was I enough for Steve? And this was even after he'd married me. You know, it doesn't really make sense. He said, I love you forever and let's get married. But still, I was doubting whether I was enough. Thank you. And um, let me see if that goes there. It goes there, fine. And yeah, I really struggled with it, you know, and I was just like, and I just went on this massive journey about like, what does God think about makeup and what does God think about this? And like, I just, you know, I was searching for truth and I didn't have identity. And I read those words where it says, I will make a helper fit for him. Or in other translations, it says, just right. And when I read that, it was like a ton of bricks moment. It was like God was talking to me and saying, April, you are made just right. You're enough. As a woman, and if you're a woman here tonight and that's something for you, I want to pray for you at the end that you receive that same revelation that you are enough. The way you look, who you are, it's enough because God's design is that it is enough. 
So there you go. That, that literally transformed my life because I received that truth. And there is so much truth in the scripture about who you are. And that's why we are starting here to build on top of truth. Because if you don't have truth, you're building on top of sand. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like it. If you feel like you agree with something, do give me a mm-hmm or a yes or whatever you want to say. I love that. I don't feel like you're interrupting me. I feel like you're encouraging me. <laughs> okay. So, what is our purpose? We live in a world that seeks to destroy the concept of a creator. They re- like The enemy is like, get rid of it. And the reason is, is because if you don't know you have a designer, then you have no purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, team. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> There is an effort by the enemy to erode the connection between creator and created. Why? Because if we take away the designer, the created has no purpose. Design implies purpose. This carries with it the implication of destiny. Destiny carries with it responsibility to the, uh, of accountability to the designer. So what do I mean by that? I've got a little analogy. You might laugh. If a hoover is made, right, and this hoover's like, I don't have a designer. I want to be a microwave. Is that hoover going to then go and try to be a microwave and feel fulfilled? Can the hoover even function as a microwave? Is the, is the hoover going to be happy? No, and this is the same of us. Like, if we cannot be going around trying to be a microwave. <laughs> you're hearing my analogy. I know you're loving it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. If we don't acknowledge the creator in our design, will we be fulfilled? That's the question. I think we all know the answer is no. So one of the laws of, creation, of the creation story is like reproduction. It's fruitfulness. It says the phrase, after their own kind, 10 times in, these, in the passages, which is, by the way, Genesis chapter 2 and 3. We are to do this. We're to create. We're to birth. We're to contribute. We're to multiply to reveal his nature and manifest his kingdom. We see this in the parable of the talents. The servant who multiplied what he had, it says of him, that he will enter into the joy of the master. So when the servant took responsibility and multiplied what he had, it gave him access to joy. Joy isn't something you get from doing nothing. It's something you get by functioning according to your design. Design connects you to purpose. When you know who he is, you know who you are, and you know what to do. It's so simple. But, you know, we say it. Brains work all day, don't they? <laughs> if we take away design and purpose, we erase the accountability to illustrate who he is. And that's one of our problems. If we don't recognize him as creator, 
and that that gives us confidence. When we just have no accountability whatsoever, when we can just do whatever we want, we can be microwaved, or whatever you're saying. So sin, sin operates outside of this design. And the design is the image and nature of God. So here, we're going to approach the need for our second creation. So humanity, who is us, we, we have rejected this design and therefore its purpose. And we have been sowing outside of design. And we have been reaping what we sow in sin. So when I'm saying we, I'm saying like pre-Jesus, even now, but it's just, uh, just kind of illustrating our need for Jesus to come because we were just sowing outside of our functionality, outside of our purpose, and it was leading to nothingness. It was leading to absolute death and destruction in all of humanity. We have been planting actions apart from God, not for his glory, independent of purpose and design. Here is when Jesus steps in. He steps in and he stops this flow of sowing and reaping. He actually took upon himself the harvest that we had sown. He took upon himself the fruitlessness of of wrongdoing that we had stacked up. He took upon himself what I deserved so I could receive what he deserved. Jesus came to restore us to our original identity. So that's our first creation. And that's where we rejected our first creation. And then in comes Jesus taking on the sinful harvest that we had sown so that we can become a new creation. So here we're coming into the second creation. So since the beginning, there's never been anything new created until this moment. Jesus came, he died and rose again so that we could be born again. This is the new creation. When he caused you to be born again, you were planted into a new context. And this enables you to grow in the fullness of what we were designed to be. And in that context, we are being fruitful. And that is impossible without the grace of God. And this is so that Jesus could be seen by everyone once again. Jesus came to reveal the nature of the Father. And he creates us anew so that we go on revealing the nature of the Father. Jesus broke the pattern of sowing and reaping into sin and death. We now have a new nature, which is to sow into what leads to life and brings glory to God. So what is the new creation? God doesn't just um, take our broken pieces and stick them back together with gold. He makes the whole bowl new. The whole, like like Vivace and I and Imogen, we were on the way to this worship night. And I was going, do you know what really bugs me? I was like, that, that, that thing where people say that, you know, we get stuck back together with gold and isn't it lovely? And I'm like, I really get the sentiment and I, I, you know, I really love the heart. The heart is fantastic. But I was like, just doesn't sit right with me because actually the new creation is entirely new. It's not like old bits stuck together. It's a whole gold bowl. And I was just saying to Vivarchi, you're a big gold bowl. And she was like, yes, I am. And I was like, come on, let's have it. 
totally new. This is a new creation. It's born again. The old has passed away. It's over. It's totally new. So here we go. I'm just going to read. I found 101 identity statements in the New Testament. I'm not going to read them all. But I am going to read these over you. And as I read them, you might want to just close your eyes and just listen and hear them for your spirit. Hear them for yourself and receive them. So here we go. I am washed, sanctified, and justified by the blood of Jesus. I am born again into a living hope. I am united with Christ through his death and resurrection. I am a child of God. I am in Christ Jesus. I am a saint. I am one with God the Father and Jesus the Son. I am an heir of God and joint heir with Christ. I am set free by the truth. I am eternally secure in Christ. I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. I am freed from condemnation. I am God's temple. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I am raised with Christ and seated in the heavenly realms. I am a new person because my old self was crucified with Christ. I am reigning in life through Jesus Christ. I am the image and glory of God. I am the fragrance of the knowledge of God. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am protected by the power of his name. I am conformed to the image of Christ. I am predestined according to his purposes. I am sufficient because my sufficiency is of God. I am inseparable from the love of God. I am strongest when I am weakest. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am chosen by God to be holy and blameless. I am accepted in the beloved. I am able to walk as a child of light. I have been brought with a price. I have obtained an inheritance. And I've been delivered from the dominion of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the beloved son. And I know I will be presented by Christ to God, holy and blameless and above reproach. These things are true about you as a new creation in Christ. And as you trust in him. He is working these truths into your very body and your soul and your spirit. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled to the world, to himself, in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
What do these things mean? Your destiny is to be conformed to the image of the Son. Your ministry is of reconciliation. And your calling is to suffer for love. I'm just going to say those again. Because we can get really caught up in chasing after all sorts of niche things. <laughs> when actually, like, God's made it so clear. You want to know what your destiny is? It's to look like him. You want to know what your ministry is? It's reconciliation. You want to know what you're called to? It's to suffer for love. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear some of those New Testament truths about who we are. And I think, wow, I'm so encouraged as I'm hearing them. And I'm, my heart is saying, yes, I know this is true. This is who I am. Yet for some reason, I don't see the full evidence of that working out in my life. Does anyone else identify with that? Mm, yeah, so we have a problem, right? Because it's like, how can this be? Yet I'm not seeing this. We have to be committed to the ongoing creation in our life. One of my favorite worship leaders says that marriage is the commitment to the continual creation of the other. So my commitment to Steve is that I am constantly pushing him towards becoming like Jesus. And that he is constantly being renewed and recreated in Christ. Yes, so this, we, we hear it, but have we believed it? Have we received it? Have we submitted to it? And have we obeyed it? These truths. And there's some scriptures that kind of explore this. And Philippians 2 says this, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So we have to work towards this stuff. It's like it's fully finished on the cross, yet there's still work to do. This kind of doesn't quite make sense to us in our like human minds, that we have to choose to be committed to the continual creation of ourselves to the glory of God. Philippians 3 says this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, press on towards the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. So we have Paul kind of identifying this reality of Jesus has done it all and I've not quite got hold of it all. But I love what he says here, forgetting what is behind and straining on towards what is ahead. So there's moments where you may feel, I am not living out these truths about my life. Be quick to repent and move on, move towards God. Colossians 3 says this, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I mean, that's literally it, isn't it? It's, I love what it says, how it says, 
it's being renewed. So it's not it has been renewed, it is being renewed, it's actively being renewed. So here we just, that is evidence there that this is something that is ongoing in our lives and we must commit to this. Ephesians 4, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the particular bit that I pick up from that is to be made new in the attitude of our minds. How we receive these realities and how we live them out is all to do with the renewing of the mind. And how do you do that? I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. When you know who he is, you know who you are, and then you know what to do. So the key is knowing him. And it literally is everything. I cannot say it passionately enough that this whole thing is just about knowing him. It is just about him. And next week and the week after, actually, we're going to spend two weeks in the coming weeks talking about what it is to abide because we see those as so, that as such a significant key for you receiving your identity and for you receiving the grace that empowers you to live out your identity. And then there's another key, which I think is very linked, but it's basically this. The pursuit of being fully satisfied in him means I will go on to fully glorify him. So what do I mean by that? Um, okay, so let's say it's our anniversary and Steve comes round and he's got a big bunch of flowers. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have. Why did you do that? And he's like, it was my duty. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like, um, okay, thanks, weirdo. Um, that's, that's not it, is it? But what he does is he comes with the flowers and I say, oh, why did you do that? And he says, I wanted to. I was happy to. I was pleased to. In fact, I found joy in doing it. This is how it is with God. When we find joy in loving him, when we, when we are delighted in him, all of the stuff that we supposedly have to do because of duty or religion, all of that stuff just comes so naturally because you're like, I want to. I am desperate to. In fact, I am overflowing with praise. I am ready to worship with my entire life because my joy has been found in him. My delight is in him. So if we're going to live out our purpose in our design, which is to reflect his nature and to be bearers of his image, we have to ha find delight in him. And that comes through knowing him. So when you know him, you know who you are, and then you know what to do. I think I'll finish there. But I do want to say one thing um, as we move into just a time of prayer, which I did touch on at the beginning, and that's that there is an enemy that wants to destroy the image of God in the whole earth. 
people who wants to disconnect you from your designer. But not only that, his strategy is to tell you you're the complete opposite of who you are in Christ. And we have to get good at recognizing those lies and casting them off. Not in a dramatic way. We don't want to give the enemy any attention. He's, he's a bit of an idiot. Like, seriously. Find those things. In fact, Rachel and I, we went on a walk the other day, and she said, I've been for 40 days waking up and saying, what have, I, what have I believed about myself that is not what you have said about me, God? And she said no to those things. And she said yes to what he said about her. And she's experienced transformation through that. So much so that she's got to the end of the 40 days and she's saying, I'm going to carry on this as a practice every day. Renewing my mind, saying no to the old and walking in the new. I'm going to pray, but it would be wonderful if we spent time praying together, maybe find someone that you feel comfortable with. If there's no one here you feel comfortable with, please come and find me or Steve. We'd love to pray for you. But I'm just going to pray now, just as we enter into this time of ministry. Father, we're sorry where we've rejected our design. And God, we just want to receive fully who you are. We want to know you. And we want to find joy in you. And Father God, I pray that right now you would bring to light what is in darkness. Bring to light, God, the things we have believed about ourselves that are not true, that are not your words. grace of God we receive what is true about us so that we might glorify your name Amen Thanks again for joining us on this episode of the Open House Podcast do go ahead and like, follow, subscribe and share around and get in touch with us if you want at openhousecc.co.uk or openhouse.cc on Instagram. I pray the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace this week.